Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, my name is Stuart Miles and welcome to the Pocket podcast. This week, it's IFA, the huge European consumer technology show held every year in Berlin, Germany. We've seen numerous launches already, including new phones from Sony, new smartwatches from Garmin, new speakers from Sonos, TVs from Philips and Samsung, and even Amazon getting in on the act to launch its range of smart TVs in the UK. Dan joins us from the busy show floor to tell us all the exciting announcements and what you need to look out for in the coming weeks when they all start going on sale. Later on, I interview Damon Crowhurst, head of visual display at Samsung, to talk about the company's new wall TV, as well as talking to him about how displays are changing the way we shop and enjoy sporting events. And Adrian joins me to discuss three of the best gaming laptops available on the market if you want to play PC games but don't want the bother of a big desktop power PC. So Dan, what have you seen and what's cool at the show so far? So obviously we're, we're partway through the show now or partly through the press day of the show. There's two sort of press days. Um, so we had, we had a bunch of stuff happen yesterday, launches from Acer, Asus, Amazon. Um, Amazon was especially interesting uh, because they're going to do um, Fire TV TVs in the UK um, with, in partnership with Curry's PC World. They're going to do them, they're going to be JVC branded. And uh, they sell from three, four, four, nine upwards. So it's going to be going to be quite interesting to see how they do. Um, they also launched a, a new Fire TV Cube, which is basically a, a, a combination of a Fire TV and an Echo device to control your TV with your voice um, with Alexa. Um, we've also seen a new QLED TV from Samsung, a 55-inch version of, of what they 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 had already, the 8K version. Um, and we've seen some uh, new uh, OLED TVs from Philips launch. So there's been there's been quite a lot quite a lot happening so far. Now, IFA is one of the big trade shows uh, around. There's obviously a big focus on TV uh, and entertainment. Is is there any other th- any other things that that are exciting that are coming out of the show? Um, there, there's a bunch of well, a bunch of other new TVs. We, we we always see some bizarre stuff. Like Philips had a had a new snoring prevention band you know there's always there's always uh, lots of really odd bits and pieces around um in terms of other stuff other stuff happening today um we'll get um uh, a, a few new laptops from various vendors like lenovo and, and and others but it's mostly mostly focused in the tv and audio space and does that seem to be the general theme coming out of the show this year that it's all about getting ready for all of these streaming services that are coming. I'm thinking sort of, you know, the Disney Pluses, the Apple TV Pluses, the, you know, obviously Netflix and Amazon will fight back on that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's it's all, you know, we, we, we saw with, with Fire TV's announcements last night that although they, they want to push Prime Video, they don't want to push it that much. You know, they want, they want to be seen as a platform that is for all comers and, um, you know, they, they want closer integration with their system with other partners like BBC iPlayer and Netflix, obviously. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it is a it is a, a definite theme. 
also there's there's as you mentioned Apple TV Plus on the horizon, and we we don't obviously know yet how that's all going to play out. So um, obviously the the other the other um, uh, smart system providers are, want to get ahead as much as they can. And what's been most exciting thing you've seen? What's the sort of really caught your eye that you think, oh, I'm actually quite surprised by that? I think um, uh, in terms of in, in terms of what we what we what we saw at the Amazon event as well, um, uh, their their soundbar, for example, that's going to be you know they've they've done a, they've done a soundbar with Alexa in. Um, that's going to be really interesting to see how that does. Um, you know, it's uh, uh, we're going to see more devices like that with with smart assistants in um there's obviously a lot of we're seeing a lot of headphones with smart assistants built in as well now with google assistant um philips had some had some new headphones with that as well so there's there's the, the, there's a, a lot around the voice assistant space as well and sonos they've had some big announcements this week as well what, what do you think of those yeah they've they've, they've got a, a new um portable version of their smart speaker called sonos move that, that that's quite an interesting move for them it's 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 going to be um uh, you know, you're obviously able to take it out outdoors. Um, it, uh, it it will provide the, the, the usual Sonos sound sound experience, and uh, that's going to be available later this month. They've also got a cheaper version of the Sonos One, the Sonos One SL, that um, is going to give people a you know the option of having a, a smart speaker but without the voice control. So you can still do all the um, the various bits and pieces that you would normally do with a smart speaker like um, airplay to it or, or use uh, Spotify Connect but you won't be able to uh, uh, you won't be able to use um, voice with it. Still to come, Adrian talks to us about the best gaming laptops available to play games on today. Yeah, well there are the cheaper models of all of those versions. The Razer Blade 15 has a base model for example uh, that's more affordable but still has enough power to run most games on decent high settings. Samsung has announced a new shop within a shop at luxury department store Harrods in Knightsbridge, London. The new retail space will showcase a number of flagship technologies from the TV and smart mode maker, including a chance for consumers to see the company's new innovative wall TV technology. On the eve of the official opening of the new space, we sat down with Damon Crowhurst, the company's head of visual display, to talk about the new technology, but also how the company is using displays in its own retail experiences, as well as others like Boots and Superdrug, to change the way we shop. I started by asking whether the move to use more screens in our shops is a trend the company is noticing too and acting on. I've been playing in the digital signage game, which really addresses that, that shift. And that's been 12, 13 years now I've been involved. And I would say that the last two years have really seen the dynamic shift. So we would typically have seen maybe a Burger King put in a menu board solution. But now you're seeing high-end fashion retail putting in an entire space filled with LED displays. Um, there's some fantastic applications where they've literally canvassed the entire wall, put a mirror opposite, and it looks like you've got a full store of uh, digital canvas. Um, so I think that's the trend. Uh, what we're seeing as a big move now is uh, design is part of it. Uh, historically, we were retrofitting screens into spaces that were pre-designed. Um, now we're seeing a lot more aesthetics being the consideration. And do you, when you say aesthetics, I mean, you used to walk into a John Lewis, certainly in the UK, and there would be just, you know, the, t- the only TV or screens you'd see are in the TV department. And so how do you see that sort of falling into sort of uh, into a fashion environment or into a is it just 
guides around the store, or is it uh, more there's than that? multiple different uses. Um, I think historically, when we f people first really started putting screens into retail stores, it was very much a screen as an afterthought, um, and it would then promote a little video that someone had thought about. I think what we're seeing now is again the, really the build in, into the environment. Uh, so we're the strategy might be mood, it might be ambient, um, it may not be so in your face to try and sell a product, um, but it's more about the experience that you're having. Um, what we're seeing a shift now is where that experience from the visual side has to integrate with the e-commerce platform side. So in addition to the hardware side, we're seeing software solutions coming in that enable you to have an experience from the large format displays, be it LED, you know, 8 meters squared, through to then actually transacting at the tilt. And how has Samsung's technology changed to adapt to that over time? Yeah, so, so we have a, a broad range of products. Obviously, we have e-commerce e platform solutions. We have mobile devices, tablet devices. And then, of course, we have uh, large format displays. So this space at Harrods is actually a great example of how we can bring all of those elements into a retail application. Uh, of course, we're selling our consumer products, but we're also taking advantage of all the software elements that make that a connected store experience. Now, one of the things I keep on seeing uh, whenever I go to big trade shows like IFA or CES or, or even MWC in, in, in Barcelona is, is the concept of the wall. Can you talk to, talk to us a bit more Absolutely. about that? So the wall is something that Samsung's been working on for the best part of three years now. Um, it was a very significant investment uh, to bring uh, what is a pretty outrageous product to the market. So we started off when you saw it at CES, it was the Wall Pro. So we have two versions. We have the Wall Pro, which is very much for your corporate lobby space experience, maybe a high-end retailer where you want the most incredible visual graphics on a display in a fairly big canvas. Um, then today at, at Harrods, we're now launching the Wall Lux, uh, which is very much targeted at the high-end home uh, high net worth individual market um, and really the difference there is that the Lux version has supports a higher frame rate so 125 frames per second um, and that, that gives you an incredible experience when you're watching a Formula One race or high-speed movies. Um, the Wall Pro is more designed for the corporate market where uh, maybe your viewing experience isn't quite the premium focus and it's more about how does it fit the environment, power, usage etc. And do you see in, in the example at Harris, you, you say, hey, we've got the, you've got the walls so people can see that, people are walking around with tablets to be able to sell things. Is there a sense of, is that, is that really, that shift now has changed the way that we're shopping? And, and is that, you, do you see that Samsung's technology is helping that? Or is it just, it's kind of adding to it? I think it's adding to it. And I think the wall lux is just such a unique piece of merchandise. Um, you know, the price tag is, is certainly premium. Um, and it's, it's more than just a sale of its screen. Um, the the behind-the-scenes processes of installing a wall uh, involves quite a lot of uh, uh, you know, site surveys. Um, customers tend to want to invest in a fairly significant sound system to go along with it. Um, you may often have to dig down. So I have a customer that we're engaged with right now who wants to put an 8K wall lux into his house. Um, in order to make that fit, he has to drop his floor by 1.7 meters. Uh, because the canvas is simply so big. Um, but what I'm finding in this particular space is no challenge is too much of a challenge. Um, if they want the 8K wall lux, they are going to get the 8K wall lux no matter what it takes. So can you tell me a little bit about the technology behind the wall and how it works? Yeah, absolutely. So unlike traditional TVs, which were very much glass with a backlight um, that gave it its light and brightness, um, with the wall, we're using micro LED technology, uh, which is very new. And what that does is it gives us the ability to really build any canvas. 
So the, the size that we have here in Harrods is a 147 inch diagonal, uh, but you can that's a 4K. We can take it up to an 8K with a 209 inch diagonal. Um, and whilst we're showing a 16 by 9 aspect ratio here, uh, you can pretty much make any shape you want with a wall because of its modular nature. So I think what we're going to see with a wall in some of the really incredible houses is less of a TV and more of a canvas that brings a meeting sp a room to life. And are you able to see that anywhere? If you if listeners listening to this, where can they go and see it Absolutely. somewhere? Or are, they, are we going to see in about a year's time, they're going to be every, in every shop? Well, at the moment, you can see it in uh, Cold Drops Yard at Samsung KX, a new experience store in King's Cross. Um, and then, of course, Harrods has the Wall Lux, um, where we're showing a 4K version. Um, we haven't yet set up an 8K version. Um, and indeed, uh, I have one gentleman, as I mentioned, who, who's looking to procure that. Um, and I can't imagine how big that's going to look in a room. Um, yeah. So the other key thing I just wanted to touch on was that uh, there's two key elements to the technology. There's black seal, uh, which enables us to get this incredible dark black color. Um, and that's partly down to the micro LED, but also to some of the algorithms in the platform that Samsung has developed. Um, that also gives us the ability to protect the screen. So um, whilst these screens are fairly expensive today, children are not aware of that fact and they may well indeed touch and bump a screen. So the Black Seal technology really gives you that peace of mind that it's going to be protected and, and safe in the longer run. And I suppose more so because if it's a whole wall then the kids will just they just put their hands on it because it's not, even a, it's not even a TV that's hung up above their, above their yeah. height. Yeah, and, and also the other thing with that is, is that, of course, um, this is not just a TV you can put in. So, you know, there's a bit of a process behind it. So we work with our customers to do a site survey. Um, we'll come back and tell them that the space that they've chosen is absolutely suitable, um, and then we're able to implement the solution. So do you think in the future there will be a time where we won't have that traditional picture, you know, what we see as a TV hanging on the wall, the whole wall will be the TV? Absolutely. I mean, we're already seeing that uh, Samsung introduced the ambient mode feature on our normal consumer TVs, which lets you take a photo of a space, and then when the TV's not being watched, the content mirrors the wall. Um, absolutely. You know, an 8K wall is a fairly substantial beast, um, and I think what you'll see is, is really just experiences being delivered. So one evening you want to enjoy, enjoy dinner under the Eiffel Tower, change the setting on the wall. Next evening, maybe you want to have a picture of your daughter up there. Um, achieving something special. Now one of the big spaces that Samsung has just opened up in London is, is the new shopping experience in, uh, in King's Cross. Can you talk to us about perhaps some of the challenges that you saw to implement the things that you've implemented there as well? Yeah, so I think the, the big challenge there is that you know we, we had a decision to make. Do we want to sell product or do we want to make that a truly destination venue? Um, and at this moment in time it's really about being a destination venue. So uh, customers who are interested in the Samsung brand can come and see the full portfolio of solutions but not just see them as products actually see them being utilized in a way that is a solution experience um, from a displays perspective uh, we have the wall pro there um, which is really showcasing the, uh, a, a, an incredible canvas um, and then we have a traditional LED display which is um, an absolute monster um, it's got a curved wave effect um, and that's really used to do some incredible experiences so uh, we've developed an application that lets children paint graffiti on the digital display and they can really do whatever they want. Now, I was interviewing the CTO of uh, Ascot on the podcast a couple of episodes ago and he was talking about how displays are changing the way that 
his uh, the race goers, for example, interact with with the race course and the stadium and all the other stuff. Do you see that there's beyond retail? Is there ways that we'll see technology and certainly display technology interact with when we go to Wembley Stadium or when we go to our NFL games or, or, or what have you there? Absolutely. So Escort is one of our strong customers in the United Kingdom for our hospitality displays and for our large format outdoor displays. Um, I think what we're seeing from that perspective is real integration of applications. So uh, we do a huge amount of displays in sports stadiums, for example, where you have the big traditional jumbo screens, as they are known in the old days. Um, and really, that's great, but we need a connected fan experience. So it's about how can you provide a, a solution that not only tells them about parking at the stadium, a traffic flows, but then lets them see themselves replayed up on a jumbo screen and building that into an end-to-end -end application that ultimately is often controlled through your mobile device. And where do you see, we're obviously talking at the moment, so the Harrods store we're here, it's, you know, it looks very impressive. There's, there's lots of things for you to play with and, and the experience store in, in the King's Cross. In a couple of years' time, where do you see display within retail or sports, even in the home, where do you see it going? Where's, where so, are we, so let, where's let's the address the sort of the professional market first. So what we're seeing is bigger, much bigger screens, so certainly in the sports stadium market. Um, we've just done a Lancashire Cricket Club for the, in time for the World Cup with some big jumbo screens, um, perimeter screens around the stadium. Um, so they're always going bigger. Um, they're also going smaller, uh, and smaller in the sense that the pixel pitch that they're using uh, is much tighter. So two years ago, any sports stadium would be a 16 mil pixel pitch. Now they're looking at 10 mil, 6 mil even. Um, and obviously that's been a commercial decision in the past, but now they're really focused around the quality of the visual imagery that they showcase. And that's actually the picture quality of, Absolutely. of not looking, oh look, that looks fuzzy. It actually exactly. looks like a 4K so, or a So I don't have to stand two kilometers away to, to see it looking <laughs> right. good. Um, and I think, so, so the trend is bigger in the sports stadiums, uh, smaller on the pixel pitch. Uh, and then in the retail space, we started to see about four years ago, many more screens being deployed. Um, but what we've seen lately is, is better screens, higher quality screens. Um, so for example, in an in-window retail application, you need a high bright display. So you need to be able to fight against the sunshine. So we're seeing screens with 4,000 nit brightness. Um, we're also seeing better integrations. And I think that's really the key thing is, you know, take a, a high street brand like Superdrug right now. They're putting in really good window solutions that are fully integrated to the brand. They're using neon lighting around the screen to really make it pop and punch. Um, and it's becoming about a, a better execution, less screens, but bigger. And it, you've mentioned Superdrug there. Is there any standout sort of uh, companies, retail, professional, sports brands, what have you, that are doing this really well? That if you're in the UK, you can go listen to, or if you're in the US, you can, you know, you can go look at and go, okay, I see what David's talking about here. Absolutely. So if you want the wow factor, like something absolute premium, massive screen, Burberry in, in London has got an incredible experience there using a Samsung 2.5 millimeter LED. Um, if you want to see a more traditional retail like a Superdrug or a Boots, um, Boots has just opened an incredible store in uh, Covent Garden in London, um, which is a good example of lots of screens but with a lot of science behind it. So they've used interactive touchscreens that let you pick and choose what you want. Uh, they've implemented LED which you know follows a stairwell uh, with a very large canvas that provides some sort of ambient experience. And then they've done some good in-window displays where the objective is really to bring people into the store. Um, so it's trying to get the footfall in, and then once we've got you in, we can start looking at upselling you through all the other screens in the store. 
Over the last couple of years, games developers are making their games more and more immersive. That's great, but that's also led to gamers needing more and more powerful machines to run them on. Thankfully, PC companies are on top of this trend and are now creating powerful gaming laptops that have all the capabilities of running games traditionally restricted to power PCs on machines that can be taken with you wherever you go. But with so many to choose from, what are the best ones on the market to buy? Resident Pocket Lint PC gamer Adrian has been playing games around the clock, tough gig we know, to let us know his favourites. These are the best gaming laptops to buy, according to Adrian, if you're looking to play games on a PC on the go. So Adrian, what's your pick at number three? At the moment, it would probably be the Razer Blade 15, simply because it's compact, sleek and powerful, but also really understated. So I like this one because it's subtle enough to be used in the office if you wanted to take it into work and then use it during the day, but maybe have a gaming session at lunchtime but still packs a lot of power under the hood. And if you really like Razer products, which a lot of gamers do, then it still has the standout features that a Razer device would. So subtle green accents, the logo on the back, the keyboard lighting, things like that. But it's a lot more understated than a lot of other gaming laptops out there, so it could easily be used in another setting. I.e. when you're trying to pretend to do the spreadsheets. <laughs> exactly. Cool, cool. So, and then number two, what's your second favorite gaming laptop? Second one's the uh, recent Acer Predator Triton 500. I really like this one because it was it shows that Acer's making a move to really high quality, uh, thin, powerful machines that don't compromise on specs and have a number of interesting features that includes a really nice thermal layout and think simple things like the addition of an ethernet port that you don't often see on laptops nowadays but gamers demand it also has one press overclocking to improve your gaming performance and they've just announced a 300 hertz screen option as well so if you really want to go serious with your gaming then there's another option there which is pretty cool and so just for people that aren't 100% into the gaming world, overclocking, that's still an important thing? Yeah, well, especially if you're going to go for 300 hertz if you want to push, because you'd need to get a very high frame rate out of your games in order to make the most of that. So you need to push your laptop to the limits. So if you want to keep it nice and quiet when you're doing spreadsheets or whatever else, then it's fine and, and will run quietly. But then if you give it that extra boost and getting serious with your gaming sessions to make sure you're making the most out of the high-end screens and overclocking is well worth doing and it's really easy to do there's none of the baffing around that you had in the old days you can just basically press a button to give the machine a boost and enhance everything sort of like the uh i remember my parents a very old car had a stag had like a an overdrive button that sort of un unlocked more power uh in in an old triumph stag okay so money no objects you're almost on a desert island you're allowed to take a gaming laptop with you what what's going to be the one you take with you the current pinnacle for me is probably the Asus ROG Sephiris. These There's a lineup of uh, different models, but they all sort of have the same sort of styling to them, and that's why I like them. Not only really powerful and packing the latest NVIDIA RTX graphics cards, but they also have this really sleek design. And Asus has got a clever setup in several design features that include uh, fans at the top near the back, but also the forward-slung keyboard and the right slung trackpad so that means it's out of the way and you're not accidentally pressing it when you're trying to game or work it's not in the standard position because it's on the right hand side instead and it also doubles as a numpad so you've still got the sort of full-size keyboard 
but without having a massive frame and it's a lightweight compact gaming laptop uh, asus has also announced a 300 hertz screen on the latest version of this so everyone seems to be going with a high hertz high performance machines with a hefty price tag but if you had the money then that's probably one of the pinnacles to look at now i'm someone that uses my laptop mainly for working uh and would like to relax occasionally and and stuff like that is there a is there a laptop that's good to go for that that might not be 100 percent bells and whistles that's sort of full out is there kind of like a lighter version that you could opt for that would be powerful enough to run most games but not necessarily struggle when you power up something more than a than a spreadsheet yeah well there are the cheaper models of all of those versions the razor blade 15 has a base model for example uh, that's more affordable but still has enough power to run most games on decent high settings but like i said before you can use in a normal setting as well so and uh, battery life is decent enough if you're using it when you're not gaming you can get quite a few hours out i think the blade 15 i tested did about six hours which is pretty reasonable that's it for this week if you've enjoyed the show can you please give us a five star rating on the podcast platform you're listening on it really will help raise our profile and let others know you liked it too until next friday pip pip planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.